podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Podcast under the stairs. This is Basilween 2019, and we are on episode number four. I'm your host, Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. That's right, this is the penultimate episode of this season, and uh, we thought we'd take, I don't know, a slightly gentler tact, go for something a bit more lovey dovey, something with a bit of romance at its core, something that would say, well, we'd have some people saying it's a true love story um, and not about manky revenge and rape. We're going to be looking at The Last House on the Left, the feature debut movie by a man who would go on to span three decades of horror 
uh, and give us some of the most beloved characters that has ever been, but this is his humble, humble roots. Oh yeah, the truth, uh, the truth is stranger than fiction, ladies and gents. Joining me on this episode, of course, you know who it is. It's his season, it's his show, and uh, yeah, I'm more than a bit pensive to find out what dirty, manky path we're going to go up in this one. He is the man, he is the myth, he will always be the legend. He is, of course, the Baz. Hola, my essentially non-consensual bitches. Essentially not consensual. I like it. Whoa. It's like inverting it. I don't know. It was doing stuff. Oh, it's also, also fucked up. You could, <laughs> you could, if you want, do like a smooth jazz radio station. I, I, I have thought about it in the past. <laughs> I have not. I have not. That was a lie, don't you? <laughs> that was a lie. Um, like most of the stuff I see on this podcast is complete fabrication. <laughs> Oh man, so as Apart from the knife fighting, that's all that's true. All, that's all true, so don't mess one with that. Um, so yeah, as it stands just now, uh, peeking behind the curtain, we are maybe a week ahead of these shows coming out now. Yes. So classic Duncan oh, yes. right to the wire. Duncan, if I'm going to do this this year, we need to do it about three months in advance because I've got a lot of stuff going on that at was the moment. Yeah, that's yeah, what we yeah, said. Yeah, halfway through October and I'm now doing show four. Yep, that's Which yeah. comes out next week. Yep, it's almost as if we deliberately put ourselves in this position every year. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, the time. There's plenty, there's always plenty of time. There's never any fucking time. There's never any time. It gets worse and worse every year. Um, so yeah, this one is weird because I was thinking about this yesterday actually when I was doing a bit of editing on the show that will be dropping the week before this, the Rosemary's Baby one, about directors in general in horror and their kind of presence in terms of not only how many movies they've done, but specifically how many movies we've covered on podcasts under the stairs that they've done. And Wes Craven has had more movies reviewed of his out with things like, oh, we're going to do a whole Rob Zombie show yeah. or something like that. In terms of individual movies, we will have covered more of Wes Craven's than any other horror director. Uh, which is weird. Are you talking about the the whole show or just my bits of the I'm talking about your bits of the show. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if we've taken a wee, like, like we did it, obviously a whole Rob Zombie episode, we've yeah. his entire um, catalogue. But yeah, because I was thinking about this, we did, um, we've done uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, so we did the two that he directed. Uh-huh. Right? So those ones out of the way. Uh, Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah. We did that. And uh, People Under the Stairs. Oh god, I people under the stairs forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so it's four individual ones, Last House and the Left makes five. God damn it. So, what's even cooler, I think, is that we will have spanned the three big decades for them as well. So, mm-hmm. with this one, we're covering the, the movie that really sets them as this director that people have to watch in the 70s. Redefines the 70s by doing this, predates Texas Chainsaw Massacre by two years. And you can clearly see that Texas Chainsaw Massacre was like that. Oh, did they? Toby Hooper's like, did he do that? Oh, well, I can do this thing. That's fine. Um, then obviously, kind of redefines the 80s with Freddy Krueger. And then in the 90s, a movie that we haven't covered but you have seen, Scream. Yes. So, and that's that's his kind of, you know, his, his swan song, really, in a lot of respects to, to I was going to say, to his career, because after Scream, it kind of goes downhill. Um, What's he done since Scream? Uh, so he did all four Scream movies. 
Did you do all four of yes, them? Yes, did all four of them, which was very unusual for Craven. Craven had a tendency to do like well, with Nightmare, for example. Did the first one, but he didn't want to do the second one. Like, nah, I'm not doing that. Um, he wanted like I've done my bit and all the rest, but he really enjoyed. Yeah, it, and then am I not right in thinking he did New Nightmare? Yes. And was that not because he was fucked off with what they'd done with the character or something? Kinda, yeah. See, I liked New Nightmare. I thought that was great. New Nightmare's the we would mention that attempt. It's the proto screen. Yeah. Him using a lot of meta ideas yeah, and all yeah. the rest ahead of that. Uh, it just it, it doesn't quite marry up as well as screen because money obviously mm. um, and the message is a bit better package. But for the most part, he's I mean he's a really a really talented filmmaker but I have my issues with him and I have my issues with the movie we're going to be discussing tonight specifically tone I always think that Wes Craven has this really weird tendency to try and put goofiness in these movies that doesn't always work and Mm -hmm. sometimes comes at the worst fucking time in a movie oh we are going to talk about that (laughs) yeah and that that, that's plagued a lot of his career it's it's really weird I mean the only out and out comedy movie the guy ever did we spoke about this before was Vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy uh, a movie which Wes Craven thought was, he was directing this comedy and Eddie Murphy thought he was being a serious horror villain and you can see when you watch it it's like why is Eddie Murphy not funny <laughs> like why is he not funny but why is the musical like <laughs> you know like, what the fuck is going on but you know people under the stairs has like overtly goofy slapstick humour yeah um, which is in contrast to a lot of the messaging in that movie. Yeah, that was a... Do you know, I, I was looking through my, my Blu-rays earlier on the day, actually, and I saw, again, I saw the ones from last year's Bazoween. Mm-hmm. That film still makes me feel quite uncomfortable. There was something about that film. Gip. Gip my shotgun. Do you know, I don't even think that's what it was. It was the whole film. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, creepy movie. Yeah. It's a movie about like an incestuous brother and sister who are kidnapping kids, mutilating them and keeping them under stairs and then torturing their presumably uh, incestuous child or a child of kidnapped. Mm. Um, and then there's the, the, the hint that he's molesting her as well that's yeah. through the movie. And then that's before we get into race, which mm. I mean, it does have a, a really interesting point that is cool, but the race stuff's handled kind of ham-fistedly as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I love it, but I love it because I saw it on VHS in like 1993, mm. and then I was like, this movie's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like well, a critical eye looking at that movie, there's a whole hell of a lot of things wrong with that production. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do Last House on the Left, and like I say, this one is the one where I'm like, this could be interesting. This was the one that like I think I pushed on the list, because I was like, if we're going to tackle some of the bigger ones and the bigger names, Last House on the Left, not only is that video nasty for obvious reasons, and um, this is one of the reasons the video nasty list existed. This is I spit in your grave. Uh, and Cannibal Holocaust are probably the, the holy three mm-hmm. um, movies, and you will now have seen all three of them, which is tick. So we'll take that. But on top of that as well, it was the idea of you've seen where Wes Craven ended up. Sometimes it's good to go back and see where these guys begin. Because he's the one who, he's not the, in terms of what the directors were doing, when you look at the original Masters of Horror, uh, Craven's probably the guy, out with George Romero's uh, Night of the Living Dead, which is very late 60s. You know, you've got, Craven's the next one in line. So you've got George Romero's doing 
his uh, Night of Dead, and then he's going to go on and do his zombie movies in the 70s. But then Craven comes along, Carpenter's in quick succession, uh, and then you have like Stuart Gordon, Toby Hooper, and all the rest of it. All these guys are going to come in like after Craven, really, like kind of does what he does. Um, so it's quite interesting to go back and see that and see can you marry up the same director who did Scream with the guy that did Last House on the Left because they're what three decades apart and completely different. There's a very simple answer to that that I will reveal later, trust me. I'm looking forward to this, I'm looking forward to it. It was me that suggested this movie by the way. Was it you? That, that was what I was scrolling through my phone there, yeah. And you said it was an interesting choice, but as I wasn't a fan of I Spit on Your Grave. Yes. It made me, I thought, fuck, we'll do it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good, I think it's a good one to tick off the list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not only because it gave me an opportunity to finally break open the special edition Arrow Blu ray that I have of it. Uh, obviously, 2K though. Of course, you have. Not, not 4K, 2K. Uh, you don't want that movie in 4K. Plus, it's so grimy, I don't think you could. Have, well, you can do it. But what, what Baz was marvelling at when he came at the house. Uh, so, we're recording downstairs in the house, uh, so like the quote unquote basement. Um, and this is where my telly and all that set up and he walked in and he turned around and he was marvelling at the fact that playing in the background just now is uh, my Arrow 4K cut of um, Podcast Under the Stairs Feed pieces <laughs> which we have established Bass cannot remember anything about No Like not even the jigsaw No, didn't, I couldn't understand why people kept putting jigsaws in the Blu-ray <laughs> box sets of this thing and then it turns out that's actually quite key to the whole thing Pieces I was How long did we watch that? <laughs> but yeah, so um, I can't even remember why I was talking about pieces Because I was marvelling at it You was marvelling at the cut of it Yes like that. This looks this looks, it looks amazing, doesn't it? Well, it looks okay, which considering that film is a huge improvement. And what I said was I'd be terrified to see what they can actually do with a good film in 4K, because so if they can make this thing look decent, they then... They can do a lot. Yeah. They can do a lot. It's kind of scary. And uh, if you weren't already in the process of emptying your life savings... Yes! Uh, I would recommend upgrading. I know, I know. <laughs> Um, 2025 20, plus. Yeah, maybe once the kids are away fucking. <laughs> I'm not going to encourage them to go to university, that'll just cost me more. <laughs> once they're working down yeah. pits. Dad, why do we have to go to work? I'm only seven. Work. Work. Work harder. Daddy's got four keys to buy. <laughs> four keys. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, before we jump into this, we, we now have this weird tradition of you just randomly thinking of questions. That yes, I'm picking things to talk about. Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> for time, these episodes have only been two hours every <laughs> single fucking record. One movie. One movie, yeah. None of the movies we've discussed have been two hours in length. No. Even remotely neither. No. No, but somehow maybe... Was it, not, was it not August Underground that's about... An hour oh, 20 long and we spoke about it for three hours or something. Yeah, I still don't understand how we did that because oh, we, there wasn't enough in that movie for us to talk about. No. But we did. I wouldn't blame Gil for that. Yeah, Gil was on it. Gil was pretty stoned. Yeah. Gil saw his friends. Yeah, exactly. I bumped in him. I, don't, I bumped in him at a uh, uh, fruit Yeah, was not a picture. Yes. Roscoe was there uh, as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, he was absolutely pleased. He was his Was he? Oh, he was totally. Fatherhood's really stuck with that guy, isn't it? <laughs> I think it was the 
Oh, I see. I think it's actually getting stoned in the bus stop and all that. This is what they all do. My good buddy Danny Trioxin did exactly when I was over in Virginia. He was like hit the peace pipe hard, like all the way through it. And but he's like that because it's not necessarily. I won't give much more of what I'm assuming anyway. His name's not Danny Trioxin. The the it's Daniel. Yes. <laughs> the the weed laws being the way they are in Virginia in particular means that he has to do special blends to make it come out smelling like vanilla and all the rest, but still getting his hit. But fucking we could have built a space station on the moon, but yet technology being used to mask the smell of weed. Yeah. I mean I know most stoners would agree that the moon can get to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm just saying, space station, y'all. Uh, that's what I want to see. Moon station, moon base five. That's where I, I want to go and take my 4K Blu-ray player. Um, this is beginning to sound like you've been on the week before I go on here. By the way, this you, is a tangent. You had my coffee, didn't you? My coffee. Oh, I, I had. Obviously, we're recording these a bit later at night at the moment. By the time I drive over to Dalton's and everything, and because I'm driving, I can't drink. Yep. So I had fueled up on a coffee that I'd made myself, which was quite strong because I just tipped everything that was left in the bag <laughs> into my thing. And uh, I pitch up just as I'm finishing it in my little thermos mug and Dalton's already got one brewed for me, which I've now drunk. And I, f- I shouldn't have done that speedball in the car. <laughs> yeah. All, that, co- ca- all that cocaine and heroin <laughs> is just <laughs> topping off the caffeine. <laughs> here's my question. Yeah, oh, here's, here's, here's yeah, my yeah. Question. Um, rape revenge. Yeah. Horror or not horror? There is a reason behind it. I would say horror. I would say horror in that I have always kind of stuck to the definition of horror, which I think we spoke about in my very early days in the show that if. It, it might not be horror in the ghouls and ghosties, yep. rivers of blood gore type thing, mm-hmm. but it has horrific elements yeah. in it, and rape revenge films really, really do. Some of the, the films that have hit me the hardest yeah. and skeeved me out beyond belief and piggybacked around on me for about a fortnight after watching it have been rape revenge films, or films that have included graphic rape scenes. Yeah. Um, We're talking yeah. about Irreversible for those that don't know. Yeah, Irreversible <laughs> been a big one, uh, Spit on Your Grave been another one, but yeah, well, we've seen quite a lot. That fucking scene in uh, Requiem for a Dream, I know it's oh, not a rape yeah, bit, but, but do you know what I mean? It's just horrible. So there's uh, fucking Megan is Missing. There oh, we go, yeah, there yeah. we go, that was a good time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Memories. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I like to think it's been on the show with you, and, and obviously, as well as watching a lot of these films, we have talked a lot about these films, and you and I see each other a lot out yeah. with the show and all that. We talk about horror films a lot. A lot. Yeah. We talk about them in text, we talk about them at the cinema. So, so I, I, I like to think I'm not a bit closed minded when it comes to horror. Yeah. And I'm like that with music. I like huge swathes of music. I have my, my favourite genres that I stick to and I love, but I like dipping into other bits and pieces yep. and, you know, I, 
mostly punk, mostly metal, hard edge stuff. But I like country fucking music. I like yeah, the Dixie yeah. Chicks, all that kind of nonsense. Do you know what I mean? And I'm a bit like that with my films. And you know, a horror film, in my mind, in my opinion, horror doesn't necessarily have to scare you, but it has to have some form of negative effect on you. Mm-hmm. Whether that's fear, whether it's revulsion. Yeah. Uh, the Orphanage, to me, is a great horror film, but it's one of the saddest films. Yet yeah, oddly uplifting the films end, that, movie that I've weird. seen. <laughs> yeah, and we talked about it over and over again. Um, but it's definitely a horror film. It's yeah. about a ghost, but it's not a ghost that's torturing people. You know, it, yeah. it, there's there's so many facet, facets to horror, and that's why it's good. Yeah. If all horror was was slasher films, that'd get real fucking boring about 1987, and that would well, be the end of fucking horror movies. Do you know what I mean? This thing, all those genres kind of run out of steam really quick. Yeah. Um, Slasher genre really when you're talking about Hades, Hades was four years. Yeah. Really like like eighty to eighty four real, realistically, it's something after that, but th- those were the, the big hitters, the properly, you know, financed, well made movies. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there was a lot of shit there as well. But yeah, right around its course. Yeah, they, they did everything they could, right? Yeah. And then you get things like, then there's no J-horror thing, can you? Yeah. which couldn't be further from that. And that's because people are wanting new experiences, they're wanting a new vibe. And someday, you know, they make something else where it comes out, everybody shits themselves. <laughs> you know, obviously, but they, they were scary horror films. But yeah, I, I, I would definitely class it in, you know, Megan's Missing is another yeah. classic example. That... Folk might argue that's not a horror film. I think it's absolutely fucking horrific. Yeah. And that film, Maybe it, I carried. It's not that it fucked me up. I carried it about for weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks after it. Came and it's such you know? a poorly made movie as well. Yeah. I think that's. I think that was the thing that surprised both of us when we went back through it. Was I remember seeing it before and being like critical of the acting and all the rest. Yes. And the understandably. Ender, the, the ender had impacted me. And I, like I, I think I said on the recording at the time for that one. The difference in the second view for me was by then I had a kid. Even a father, yeah. And like it was just it tapped into something that I hadn't well I hadn't even considered before and that you know that the end of that movie was fucking rough. Yeah. Like days and days and days just remember the image of the the kind of plastic crate being open and hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fucking horrible. Mm. Absolutely horrible. Mm. Um no, that's good. That's, I, I will take that. I'll Thank take you. That. See, this is I have you learned. You've I graduated, <laughs> goddammit. You did, you did. There was not a fucking Nuremberg-esque fucking <laughs> rat at the end of that episode <laughs> at all. That never happened. That never happened. Right, we have a movie to discuss. This one is the one that put Craven on the map. Um, this is a movie that was so nasty it was banned in the UK and you would have faced jail time if you had distributed it in the, the very early 80s uh, which is weird because it came out in 72 but we'll let them off with it sometimes the UK is a bit slow to react <laughs> um, yeah that one as well what's yeah. <laughs> that you're watching? oh get that off get that off <laughs> so we're going to be discussing the last house in the left we're going to be doing that after promos for sure Baz is once again curating the music by the way Baz loving the selections it's a bit left field this year it is, and what I'm loving about them is when we record these, I don't know what they sound like, and I keep 
coming off them say like that well I was an uplifting track band and then you pick fucking Slayer and like oh what's he doing so yeah um, Baz is curating the tracks we'll get some of Baz's music choices then we're going to hear the trailer for the movie and we're going to be back to discuss it right after this Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael, hi. Oh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Three times, raped three times by the voice from the pub. With the daytime jobs, you know they need to unwind. You know they need to unwind. Mother always said, be a good girl, don't push your luck, don't get too low cut, but it's a pushy world. It's a pushy world. So if you've got it, don't it? Cause the cameras and bright lights, they all want it. In silence, she sits with the scars on her wrist. She's never alone. Those laughing eyes make her clench her fist. They make her clench her fist For the blood and the sperm still run down her leg Like it did that night And the sick on the pavement is still in her
Two girls from the suburbs going to the city to have a good time. Oh, uh, this is my roommate, Sam. Hi, girls. This is my sister, uh, Martha. Uh, Martha, these girls uh, you know, want to buy some grass. Four killers on the loose, also looking for a good time. And the road. They meet in the last house on the left. What began as a birthday party ends as a nightmare. I want to give you something. I don't want that. It's worth a lot. I don't want that. I want to be your friend. Oh, you want to get free. I want to be your friend. Are you all right? Yeah. Hey, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just what did happen in the last house on the left? Dr. Collingwood lived there. Are you sure we're not going to put you folks in any trouble? Oh, nonsense. Our home is yours. His wife lived there. I've always dreamed of a man who could take me easily. So did their daughter, Marie. They all lived there. Junior. To avoid fainting, Keep repeating to yourself, it's only a movie. Only a movie. Only a movie. Only a movie. Last house on the left. And welcome back. So, ladies and gents, you just heard the trailer for the feature movie review of episode number four of Bazaween 2019. This is The Last House on the Left from 1972, directed and written by Wes Craven. Now, Baz, you can see roughly the IMDb page there. Yes. Can you see what the rating is for the movie? You see what that says? It says Rejected Duncan. <laughs> Because this movie was rejected by the censors, but still made its way out. Maybe my favourite story in the history of cinema. And that Wes Craven uh, is working by a guy called Sean S. Cunningham. The name might ring a bell. He went on to do the Friday the 13th movies. Okay. So that was him. He directed the first right. movie. He's his producer. And um, they take it in. And the then MPA, whatever they were called back then. Uh, take a look at we can't lose this fucking movie. Uh, and Craven's like, what do you mean you can't lose this one? Well, look at it, it's so graphic. And Craven's like, well, this movie is no more graphic than, because this is his Vietnam response. Like, this is no more graphic than what the news is showing at night from Vietnam. Yeah. And that's real, man, because it's fake. Yeah. Like, no, 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 You have to take all this stuff out, it has to be cut and all the rest. Craven won't do it, right? So this movie's not getting released. Sean S. Cunningham. <laughs> Out the door, along the corridor, into another room where another movie has, you know, the X certificate or whatever it is in America, um, and R, R certificate. Cuts the R certificate off one of the tins that's already been granted, brings it through, sticks it the label, and then just pass it out as that. 
because this was 1972. There's no internet. There's no way to check it. It'd be it for ages before anyone realised that this movie was doing the rounds at Grindhouse, like uh, drive-throughs and all the rest. And it should be. That's fucking mental. Aye, he was like, ah, fuck it, we'll just put it. Uh, enemy, fuck them. We'll do it live. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, they literally just, uh, Sean S. coming up did that, and by the time it had been out and around and all the rest, there was very little they could do to stop it. It had been played so many places, it started doing tours all over the place and all the rest. Um, God damn it, Sean. Censors did not want this movie out. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about who's in the movie. It's a whole lot of no one really went on to do anything. Uh, we've got Sandra Peabody, Lucy Grantham, David Hess, who has went on to do a lot of things. David Hess is kind of fucking amazing. Uh, Fred J. Lincoln, Jeremy Brain, Mark Schaefer, Richard Towers, Cynthia Carr, and Ada Washington. We're not going any further than that. Uh, the synopsis for this one is two teenage girls head to a rock concert for one's birthday. While trying to score some of that marijuana uh, in the city, they are kidnapped and brutalised by a gang of psychotic convicts. It's pretty accurate, actually. Yep, that's bang on the fucking money. As IMDb goes, this one's pretty good. I'm going to say that this Essentially, this could have been a parable from the Bible. <laughs> Do not smoke your marijuana. Bad things will happen. Rob's bad, okay? Yeah, so this one has so many things linked to this movie. But let me just start by saying um, the first time I saw Last House on the Left, um, and this is no shit, uh, I would have been somewhere between 9 and 10 years old. <laughs> so I'm maybe about, at that point, I was maybe about three years into being a horror fan. Uh, and my brother had a bootleg copy of this one because this was on the nasties list. So I'd seen this one. You can only imagine the picture quality oh, of this. That made it worse. That's what like, watching that arrow one back. I mean, it looks amazing and all the rest, but there is something you lose with the grimness when you actually feel. I can, I can never sympathise with the censors in the UK who put it on the nasties list. I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to understand why anyone can do like that. This will, this will infect the nation with bad vibes, make them murder and all that. I don't understand that. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that life necessarily imitates art in that capacity. Um, that's just my opinion on it. That being said, if you have never seen a horror movie before in your entire life and you're sat down to watch this grainy, grimy version of Last House in Life, I can imagine you thinking that the world was coming to a fucking end. This was the end of civilization. Mm-hmm. This was now entertainment. I can see that. Yeah. Especially at that time period. Just like breaking. Like it's the same thing with Cannibal Holocaust. Someone sitting down and watching that. I mean you watched that movie fucking 30 years after it was made and you're like that. I think they killed a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I can see. I, there's something about like just the way this movie's presenting in a lot of respects that makes me think about that. But this movie had some of the greatest, maybe one of my favourite trailer kind of taglines, so you know, just keep repeating to yourself, it's only a movie. It's yeah, only that's a movie. actually on the cover of my DVD. It's fucking brilliant, because it, it leans into that, it leans into this whole thing about people being genuinely terrified before the movie even fucking started. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean, The Last House on the Left? What does it actually mean? And in, in relation to the movie, it means very little. Yeah. Really. But the name in itself, there's something just weird and terrifying about it, and it doesn't make sense. You you don't know what you're watching, and you're getting all this stuff. I, there's 
it was that time when the internet didn't exist that you could just Google something and get an answer. Mm-hmm. And um, simple thing, miss. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a lot of that. And it doesn't look. There's a reason I keep coming back to this movie. And I don't think it's the most effective. There's, weirdly enough, there's an Italian rip-off of this, which is called The Last House on the Left 2, which is set in... I thought you were going to say The Last House on the Right. <laughs> the Last House on the Right. Because <laughs> uh, that's what the Italians do. So uh, there's a, it's called... Um, oh, fuck. How uh, can I not remember? But Night Train Murders. Night Train Murders, directed by this guy called Aldo Lado. Uh, which is just a great name anyway. <laughs> right, we're going to drink it. Come on, where's the Lados? Oh, Aldo Lado uh, directs this movie. It's fucking beautifully shot because all the Italian movies are beautifully shot. But it makes Last House on the Left look like a picnic. And it's basically Last House on the Left, but it took don't laugh at this, but it's set in a tree, right? Nice. So the, the only thing, it's not in the woods or anything like that, it's, you know these two girls being essentially traumatised and raped and killed on a train mm-hmm. and then the people that have I think two guys and a woman so yeah, it's the yeah. same setup end up uh, going to the house of the parents right. who then find out and then kind of edit pretty much this but it's worse it's worse I, don't, I think it's because it's shot better mm-hmm. there's something classy about the way it's shot it feels skeevier I don't know I don't know Ooh, the fuck so a screw come out my chair, that's how much I'm moving on it. Now, see between that and the door opening behind me as I walked in, have you bought a haunted house? Remember Siri went off in the previous recording? Yes. Started speaking, I've not edited God damn it. Down, so yes, I don't know how, how that actually goes. Um, so, let's get into this, Baz. I want to hear what you've got to say. This yeah, one let's get into this real fast so I can get the fuck out of this hell house that you bought. <laughs> Slightly like amateur though. It's like the first time I come in here, I went into a room and I go, get out. <laughs> I was like, how much you sell this for? Sold. <laughs> give me your haunted house. Uh, I'll give them something to be scared about. Right, so let's let's get into this, Baz. You sat down, this has been a long time coming. Yep. You watched this movie, this is Wes Craven kicking it all off. I'll let the listeners out there know what you made of The Last House on the Left. <sighs> Wesley Aloysius Craven. <laughs> what are you up to, sir? That's not even his middle name. I wish it was. I'm so yeah, I googled earlier on, it was Earl. Alright, I Aloysius is better. Aloysius, we're going with that. <coughs> yeah. Bit of rape revenge. I, I didn't actually I think um when we talked about it very early on, I don't think I realised this was a rape revenge film. I thought it was a kinda I don't know, like a Texas Chainsaw type idea, you know, that kind of house type thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's not. (laughs) Uh, Like you said, the title has next to fuck all to do with anything. Yep. Um, The opening text in this film claims that it is a true story. It's not. It's just that you're a lying piece of shit, Wesley Aloysius Craven. This is not true at all. It's uh, a true story. Like it's difficult not to in this day and age instantly have an eye roll moment when that comes up in the screen. Oh fucking I know, I know. Pretty bad. Um we get some opening scenery shots, a lake, a couple of ducks, some quite nice music over the top. The score at this point in this film was quite good. 
The world's noisiest postman, no, not noisiest, nosiest postman, mm-hmm. turns up uh, at the house of one Mary Collingwood. Ah, yeah. Um, that's in the arse end of nowhere. I'm assuming that's the last house on the left. Must be. Although, interestingly, it's on the right of the fucking postman <laughs> when he comes up, so I mean, it just fails on every fucking level. I suppose it depends which way you're coming in. Young Mary has just turned 17. Well, it does. But then you've got to figure, fuck it, I'm not going to do this road. No. No. Too much caffeine and cocaine and heroin. Um, young Mary's just turned 17. Uh, this is former sexual offender of a postman calls her the prettiest piece he ever did see. I think that, I think that's what they call a compliment. In those days. Yeah. 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 Even I wasn't born at this point. This actually made in at least a year before I was born. That's how old this fucking thing is. Um, we then have a perfectly good shower scene that is ruined by frosted glass. So that can fuck itself. Meet Mary's parents who are responsible for this fucking abomination of a shower. Dad's a doctor. Um... Young Mary's going out to a concert with her friend um, and the dad's like that. Now you be careful because uh, it's in a bad neighbourhood. Bad neighbour. There's a lot of them out there. Can we guess what the band was? Bloodlust. 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 <laughs> they sound great. From 1970. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shortly after this warning about the bad neighbourhood, there is a wildly inappropriate conversation about his daughter's nipples that you just shouldn't be having with your kids. Go like, you know, cover yourself up. I hope you do this with my my, my daughter's 17 now. Yeah. Right, and I'm like, in the name of God, I'm your dad. Can you go and put something else on at the fucking dinner table? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Never once have I... I can't even say it now. Yeah, don't say I it. have never said this to my daughter. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. <laughs> she has a similar argument with her mother about modesty. Although she basically calls her mother a bit of a whore. Um, she's going to see Bloodlust. It sounds like they're the 70s equivalent of Slipknot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Although possibly their fans don't spit on innocent suit wearing Dixie Chicks fans oh never gonna let it go no! never gonna let it go you know it was you <laughs> it's almost 20 years ago but it'll be 20 years next year yeah, yeah. 20 years I had to throw that suit out <laughs> <laughs> I can't bother telling this story again troll back through the numerous hours of my fucking ramblings if you don't know what I'm talking about doesn't uh, at all <laughs> The dad gives her a peace sign pendant as a gift, and then her mother says, your pal's a whore, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, so that's her opening scenes there. Interestingly, that wee pendant thing, uh, <clears throat> my religious studies teacher at high school used to wear earrings with them. She was big into CND, which for our American listeners was the campaign for nuclear disarmament. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who were big in the 80s uh, when I was at school. And um, of course, we had the, the nuclear submarine base in the town, so there was a big, heavy contingent of CND in, in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this teacher, she was supposed to be teaching us about religion. She basically just taught us to hate the American kids in the class because their parents were death-dealing warmongers, <laughs> slaves to Reagan, and all this kind of fucking nonsense. Aye, 
And I tell you what, Hen, your husband's the fucking head teacher of the music department and he's a fucking arsehole. Sorry, I hated that man. Hated him. Our school got broken into it and they spray painted his grand piano and I fucking laughed. Hated that guy. Mr. McIntosh, if you're listening to this, which I know you're not, but if you are, you were a fucking prick. Didn't like kids that couldn't play instruments. Well, I mean, he's a music teacher. I'd be like a math teacher knowledge you know someone what? that can count. Now, I only did music for... Here's a tip, right, I'm putting the phone down. Oh, well, he's serious, ladies and gents, we've struck a nerve. <laughs> we, we have, I've forgotten all about this sadistic little shit. He's so angry, the, the coffee's kicking. <laughs> it has, oh, it's, it's kicking in good. I only did music for two years at high school. Now, you, you went on to study music after school, yeah. so obviously you studied music pretty much through your high school career. Right, yes. from the beginning of high school yeah. right to the end, yeah? I only did it for two years when it was compulsory, never took it any further mm-hmm. than that. In my first year, I quite enjoyed music. It wasn't something I'd done a great deal of. We had the whole disaster where I was trying to learn the pipes. Did you try to learn the pipes? Did not know that? Oh, six years in the chanter, mate. You? So I learned one and a half songs. And the man that taught me... Six years you were playing it and you learned one and a half songs. Most of one and half of another. <laughs> Not quite a full one. Are you aware? Are you aware that had you just been a bit better at that, you would be minted? Yes. Be... Oh, I know all about it. I, I, I wish... get a fucking fortune. I wish I had st- stuck in at it and learned because yes, I could have made a fucking fortune just moonlighting to hear a bit piping at weddings. Yeah. And of course, we had a big Highland gathering in my town every year and my mother wanted nothing more than to see her son go up the town with the school pipe band six years one and a half songs still only on the chanter never actually picked up a set of bagpipes in my life the man that taught me this is a tangent on a tangent right we will get back to this rapey film shortly Neil Campbell MBE awarded no yeah what no, it was an OBE, I think. Oh. He was awarded an OBE in the Queen's Honours list for services to piping. The day my mother caved and said I didn't need to go to chanter lessons anymore, I skipped into my last chanter lesson to tell him, oh, Mr Campbell, I won't be coming back. My mum says I don't need to come back anymore. <laughs> he, looked, he looked me dead in the eye, Duncan, and said, thank God for that, son. You are the single worst pupil I have ever had in 50 years of teaching the pipes here, guy. That proud tradition here as well. We jump forward. We jump forward 25 years. A slightly older Baz has joined the Freemasons. I am a new member. I am sitting in my lodge. My shiny wee new apron on. And we get visited by what is called the Provincial Grand Lodge, who are the the kind of high hygienes that supervise the Freemasons in your particular area. And they were piped in by Neil Campbell, OBE, who turned out to be a quite a high-ranking Freemason. Thankfully, he didn't remember me. <laughs> Tried to purge that memory yeah. of that really difficult people. Used had. to hit your knuckles. With, he, had an, he had an ebony chanter. And when you got a, a note wrong, he would hit your knuckles. No wonder you fucking didn't learn it, but- Oh, listen, oh, now, come on, in fairness to old Mr. Campbell, this was the early 80s, right? That was a walk in the park. At least he wasn't raping you. This is true. Do you know this what I mean? True. Or thrashing you with the paws, you know, the, the, yeah. the belt. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a rap in the knuckles, it was fine. 
It made it playing quite hard though. <laughs> you know, your fingers thing, ached after that. Yeah, that was the thing that I was getting at. Is like those are the things you need to be nimble. Yeah. And not in pain. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't help. Jumping back. Yeah, bring it back. It goes to high school. This is like the inception of fucking tangents. Oh, it's a story within a story within a film about rape. (laughs) It goes to high school. We do music a couple hours a week. And so it wasn't nothing to do with the fucking chant up. So I had a little keyboard. Yep. And I had a very nice teacher called Mrs. Kundu, whose husband was also a teacher. He was a shit. He taught maths and basically made my sister leave school. But Mrs. Kundu was a very nice lady. And she was great with all the kids. Smoked in class. She claimed she drank coffee out of mug. I'm fairly yeah. sure it was alcohol. Most music teachers right. have a slight. Never had a fag out of mouth in class yeah. with children. It's a different time. Different time. Uh, but she was lovely and she was dead encouraging and she made it fun and I quite liked music. Wasn't very good at it, but I quite enjoyed it. And then in second year, I got this other shit. <laughs> Who, if you couldn't, if you weren't, and basically if you weren't in the school band, he fucking hated you, right? I got put on this thing called a bass xylophone. It was huge, yeah. right? My hearing's not great at the best of times, particularly in the lower end of the spectrum. I could barely hear this fucking yeah, thing. Yeah. And it coincided with me getting braces at an orthodontist. And this is in the early days of braces. This isn't like the fucking oral hand job kids get nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Like, this was painful. Yeah. And I remember this one particular day, him throwing me out the class after hitting me because I couldn't, I kept playing the wrong notes because I was crying because I was in so much pain because they tightened my braces earlier on in the afternoon. That, that's what that bastard just, I fucking hated that man. No wonder your son get fucking bullied. Anyway, right. (laughs) Sorry. I'm moving on. I'm blocking that horrible fucking thought out. Anyway. That'll stay in my earrings. Yeah. So it did. It stayed off this this beast bend. Let's bring it back out the Inception thing here. We're back to the the beginning level here, which is a movie review. Yeah. We're going to get back to this rape review film now. I hope, Duncan, that your manny pads have got fucking wings. Because your ass is going to be bleeding by the time I've finished reviewing this fucking thing. God damn this film. <laughs> oh dear. Alright, aye, right. So he gives her the wee pendant and her mother basically says, your pals are here. Yeah. She's no good. Mary and her pal skip gaily through the woods to the river. Uh, where her pal Phyllis uh, is <laughs> inexplicably sunk a bottle of what looks like Thunderbird wine. <laughs> <laughs> into a river on a string weird place to keep your fucking booze but okay mm-hmm. uh, they talk about is it tra- to cool it down? No. would you chill Thunderbird wine? I'd be drink Thunderbird wine <laughs> I drank it once at New Year and ended up in second and home yeah. at 10 o'clock yeah. missed the bells and everything told my pals I was going to the toilet no. <laughs> I'm fucked big fat Pope he quite liked it I've yet to find the story about him involving alcohol when he didn't like the alcohol he was drinking. Didn't drink it. <laughs> Honestly, drink his own pish if he thought he'd get him drunk. <laughs> um, they, they talk about trying to acquire some marijuana. Yes. 
These girls are low on morals but high on grass. Ah, <laughs> that, that came to something on my wife's pal's Instagram account. Uh, there's a weird kind of trippy, like kind of wishbone ash esque kind of soundtrack, yeah. which is quite cool. At this point, <laughs> this will become relevant later. Oh, you're on about. oh the drive everyone into knows, town. Everyone knows what you're on about. The drive into town, which queues us up for a radio report about two escaped murderers, dope pushers, and rapists. Because they are bad people. They are bad. They are bad. Because they're murderers, dope pushers, and rapists. Yeah, all three. Yeah, all three in one, and there's fucking two of them. So that's six. Six bad things. <laughs> Hashtag Matthew. Six bad people in two. <laughs> oh my god. God damn it. It's inception. It's the inception of fucking yep, convicts. Yeah. It's a rapist inside a dope pusher inside a murderer. It's like a Russian doll. Times two. <laughs> to make matters worse, they are aided and abetted by a young animal like woman <laughs> who apparently kicked a dog to death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thankfully that's not in this film. It's literally but the only thing that's not in this film. Yes, it makes her also the worst uh, Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. instantly she's in Duncan's in Duncan's list of things, she's the worst of the three. Yeah. I'd have probably fingered her, but <laughs> the getaway car was dri- driven by one junior Stillo, who's the Ill- illegitimate son. Yeah, well, So he good. is no good no. for a start. No. His parents weren't even married. No. He's the illegitimate son of Krug Stillo, who is the leader. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the uh, murder slash rapist slash dope pushers. Played by the late great David Hess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who does look a bit like Kurgan. Yes. A little, little bit, little yeah, bit, yeah. which is funny because his name's Krug. Yes. Yes. He's kind of like a council estate Kurgan. So we're yeah. going to call him Council Kurgan. And also. <laughs> <laughs> to be differentiated between Kurgan, who we met in Creepshow 2. Yeah, who went on to be in Mindhunter. Mindhunter, which I'm watching the second season of, and it's the Tatas! Really fucking good. It's really, good. really, really good. Um, Krug, and then you think a decade later, Kruger? Thinking that Wes Craven. Damn it, I never even picked up on yeah, that. I went Krug, Kruger Rand Apartheid. <laughs> this isn't about Vietnam. It's about the fact that Wesley Aloysius Craven is a racist who's trying to keep the black nation down. <laughs> he's literally the man. He's a, he's a man. <laughs> Honest to God. Oh, yeah. uh, the young junior got hooked on the heroin by his own father. Yeah, he's not a nice guy. In order to control him. Had him illegitimately, got him hooked on the heroin. You're, you're a fucking badging. He's a badging. A badging. He's a company to Weasel Podowski. <laughs> That's a great name. He's a, he's a convicted child... <laughs> convicted of child mo- molesting or molesting. I can't remember. The wording is hilarious. But he's also a peeping Tom. Yep. Because no one can have one bad thing about him here. It has to have something else. Uh-huh. And really, peeping Tomism, which I think is actually what they say in this film... It really does pale into compare it, right? So he's a child rapist. We don't yeah. really care that he watches ladies get changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, in the grand it's, fucking scheme of things, yeah. let's just skip over yeah, that one. You, like, if you were reading out the litany of crimes or 
of Jimmy Savile, for example. Yeah. You would stick with child molester, you wouldn't say shoplifter. Yes. <laughs> like, exactly. Kind of pales in comparison. I see what you're saying, Russ. Uh... Oh, here we are. Pregnant pause. They're a bit dead here because it's always good in the podcast. Well, I like that because it always gives the, the listener out there the idea that you're either trying to decipher what autocorrect has changed or find your place. I'm just <laughs> waiting for my erection to subside. <laughs> you know what I'm like with these films? The gang are holed up in a safe house. Psycho Sadie is in the bath. She, she's the dog kicker. <laughs> dog kicking Psycho Sadie. <laughs> uh, it's like the name of a famous album. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I'd frizzle her fry. Um, <laughs> Junior and Krug's solo picture. Daddy sends Junior into the bathroom to give Sadie a beer, which is odd because the dad's riding her. Yeah. And he's like, taking a beer in the bath. Uh, however, it does gear us up for what is really genuinely the most realistic frog impression I have ever heard in my fucking life. It's unbelievable. And the second part of it where he pretends to eat a fly and then does the face as he does the... It's fucking uncanny. Right. However, now this is Mark Scheffler. <clears throat> whose name you mispronounced at the start, right? That, that this is the guy. Yeah, who, I can't remember what I said. Schaefer. Schaefer. There's an L in it. Schaeffler. <laughs> the L is silent, guys, but a little. This frog impression <laughs> is the only good thing this guy does in this film. Yes, I would agree with that. Right. His acting is so bad <laughs> that I, I had to pause and go to IMDB to see where this guy's career went. This is the only acting role he ever fucking had. Which is sad, because if he got a part in the video for Paul McCartney's Frog Chorus, he would have owned that bitch. I mean, he really would have. Or even, they could have shoehorned him into a bug's life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, could have been a character. I'll give you a bit. He should not have been in the, the archetypal rape revenge film, though. Give you a bit of trivia that I only found out recently. Yeah. Um, fucking dog kicking Sadie. Yeah. Married to Ben Dreyfus. Not Ben Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus. Seriously? Yeah, she married him. She married God him damn it. Two kids. One of which is called Ben Dreyfus, who's a, a guy in media, does media stuff. Heard him on a podcast. But he was talking about his mum, his mum and dad splitting up. Um, you basically talked about how his mum was a failed actress and her only big credit was she was in Last House and Left. She and then his dad found out she kicked the dog to death and like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and then but yeah, right, she, she married a uh, big Richard Dreyfus. That is marginally more interesting than my trivia, which is basically Mark Scheffler did go on to <laughs> do a bit of writing and, and kind of behind-the-scenes film work, because clearly, I mean, you cannot go in front of that camera ever fucking yeah, again. Those that can't do right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or impersonate frogs. <laughs> it is fucking amazing though, that impression, isn't it? I'll give you, I'll give you that. I, I really just feel that it. might have been the casting couch for that. <laughs> like, can you be a dirty frog? <laughs> There's my previous album. Right. 
Moving on from frog-related hilarity. Uh, <laughs> Krug and the Weasel, then, they attempt, and <laughs> I've written here, attempt to gang-bomb Sadie. Yeah. Uh, in front of his child, which is fucking weird. Uh, but she then decides that this is where she's going to make her stand for feminism. Yeah, she could draw the line here. Yeah. And basically, she does that by saying, basically, she ain't sucking no more D until she gets some more chicks in. To even up the numbers. I mean, that sounds fair. It's an odd premise, but okay. Yeah, I mean... It does lead us into the rest of the film, in fairness. And, yeah, and... In fairness in this one, you could and you would accurately be of the opinion that the one who has maybe... Of the litany of crimes... Yeah. The one who has the, the crime that in 1972 would not have been prosecuted for... Which is kicking my dog to death. I yeah. imagine that was probably okay wherever this movie is set. Um, she really is the one that is like the weird amplifier to everything that happens in this movie. Yeah. She eggs everything along. So it's always the women's fault. Always the women's fault. <laughs> I don't think we have any female listeners left, to be honest. No. Our, our previous three episodes have pretty much killed them off. I, I was happy we, that we, we lost did, America as well, remember? We did lose America. I'm <laughs> quite glad that we, we did get answers to the the underscore question. Did we get photographs? Because I have not seen them. Where we, are we, they? We did get photographs, but our, our buddy Vanessa filled in the details with why underscores are no longer born. Why have I not seen this? You're supposed to be fucking admin in the flip chat for these things here. That was your one, you had one fucking job and you've not been doing it. Vanessa I've said, actually looked at it a couple of things. <laughs> Vanessa said, insight into women's undergarments. Wearing slips underneath dresses and skirts died off more in the 70s thanks to, in part, the second wave of feminism. Although I still wear them as some undergarments, women and girls are expected to wear them all the time in the past, but now they're only worn under clothing that may be too sheer. Now you know. Now I know, eh? Now God bless you, Vanessa. You are literally one of your best listeners. Well, she's been there since the start. She has been. Since the fucking start. I'm a big fan of Nace. Mm-hmm. Made Barbie in a blanket. She did. But she yeah. still is in use. Still is in use. And, and sent me a wildly oversized t-shirt. <laughs> Because apparently I was the fat one out of the two of us. <laughs> Just because you'd been jogging. <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, you were looking fly. But I have never been a double XL. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. I wouldn't have been a double XL <laughs> if I'd been the one giving birth to my kids. <laughs> anyway, I do still wear that fucking t-shirt of Vanessa, I really do. Because it says that all my chaps <laughs> <laughs> it does. Crazy <laughs> shit. Oh dear. Right. So no, she's not having it. She's she's not doing. Yeah. Not right. Doing so she, she basically yes. If you if you would like to introduce some more women to this weird fucking setup, then I will go back to sucking your D. I've got to admit the weasel guy creeps me out no end. Yeah, he's got. And well, if I was trying to finger a psychotic dog killer. And he was, cre- it's the way he fucking creeps in at the other side, oh, I'm going to just sit there and rub up against you. I'd be worried he was going to put a finger in me. <laughs> He'd just get that look about him. But anyway, right, so the two girls, they're hoarding about town, cruising for ice cream and grass. Yes. And probably cock. No ice cream and grass. Just ice cream and grass. 
They make the fatal mistake of approach, approaching Frog Boy for some weed. Uh, he then takes them into the flat on the promise of hooking them up. Uh, and then they then get taken hostage with what can only be described as minimal effort. Yeah, I can't. There, there's, no, there's no getting by it. No, no, I've got nothing. I mean, it is a half-arsed attempt at best of absconding with two young ladies. You are now our hostages. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to close this door. You're now at our mercy. Back at the last house on the left, the parents are setting up for Mary's birthday. That's heart-wrenching. Uh, they do a wee bit of necking. Weasel wants the girls to moo. We've all been there, Weasel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to hold that against them. I've done weirder stuff. When they refuse, though, he does get a little bit knifey. And not in a cool, professional way, mm-hmm. like I did. Yeah. <laughs> Parents make a cake in a highly erotic fashion. It is a little bit, actually. It's like a proto ghost. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this one is accompanied with sort of slapstick 70s TV music. Yeah. No, no, which is no. fucking weird. This is where the soundtrack just veers to the left. <laughs> like the house. Yeah. Yeah. But just past the house and then into the fucking lake. Back at the house, the rapists start to get to work on Phyllis. Uh, we said he gets a handful of tatas, which is quite cool. I like that, but is it? Is it? <laughs> what are we seeing here? Uh, a handful of what tatas? Phyllis's. Yeah, but did Phyllis say, "Please feel my tatas"? No, no, it's forced on him. Right. <laughs> Just the fact that he said that was quite cool. Well, it's the coolest thing in this film so far. <laughs> It's only up against the parents necking over a cake. So it's... <laughs> and then I've written one of the worst lines I have ever typed into my phone. Oh, to the point I really hope this ain't in my iCloud because of something. Phyllis is forced onto the ground and gently raped <laughs> while making oddly aroused noises. <laughs> Now, there is, there is a serious <laughs> the look in your face. It's just, have I gone too far, Duncan? Do you want to stop? And we'll rewind this and redo this section. I'm just wondering how I can spin this. There ain't no way to spin this, sir. And I'll tell you for why. I mean, the description is not wrong. Exactly. It's, it's just hearing the words. And, and the arousal in my voice. One of, one of the many, many problems I have with this film are the rape scenes in it, right? Which isn't in earth shattering. Yeah. But it's for a very different reason. And it comes back to what you were saying earlier on about uh, Craven and the weird tone he puts yeah. around certain yeah. things. There, Compared to a lot of rape revenge films, there's not a huge amount of rape in this film. No. I know that sounds a bit odd. 
I, however I would imagine, and I'll take my hat off here, in 1972, I'd imagine this is about 100 times more rape than we've had in other fucking films. Yeah, this you movie's know I mean? a very loose remake of The Virgin Suicides, which kind of follows a similar setup, but is more artfully done as a movie, so even then it's still on a different level. So this one's like a grimy, greasier version of it, but even then it's, it's restrained. I mean, when you think about it, two years from now... Bill out the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. A movie that really doesn't show you much in the way of any gore, but yeah. is absolutely fucking with this particular scene, the problem I had was the. There's very little resistance to it. Yeah. And some of the noises that are made during this scene. Yeah. Almost make. You know, it's these little kind of moans. Yeah. And I, I just remember think the first time obviously I've watched the film a couple of times as I normally do. The first time I watched it, I was like, that is just appalling. Yeah. Because she sounds like she's half enjoying that. Mm. And it's supposed to be a violent rape yeah. in front of her friend who's probably thinking, I'm ah, next. And I, it was interesting when you mentioned the thing about Craven getting the tone wrong, because I've never really picked up on it. But now that you sort of throw it in my face, yeah, yeah I, I can see it in other films that yeah, he's done. I, th- I think he's done it in, like, I've mentioned it a few times, like, I think... I think a Nightmare on Elm Street, the original Nightmare on yep. Elm Street, has some serious tonal issues mm-hmm. involving like the introduction of Freddy cutting fingers off and weird googly arms yep. and all the rest, which I know people out there will be like, here's Duncan about the googly arms. But it, it's weird tonally, and he, it, he can't help himself. Yeah. In every movie, he's like that, alright, I'll just do this. Yeah. After the worst line that I'd ever written, I just then wrote it very wrong. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, it's also it's interspersed with shots of the parents yeah. trying to get it on. Yep. It, <clears throat> it had quite an effect on me this scene, but for all the wrong fucking reasons. Mm. Not the reasons it should have been affecting yeah, yeah. me, do you know what I mean? It's just weird. Yeah. It's really, really fucking weird. And I remember it, it, it was a wee bit of a jaw dropper. Yeah. Like when she started making those noises, I'm like, oh my god, that's wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? Fuck it. Eh? Then we get, it's just the next morning, mm-hmm. and the gang are taking them out the house to move them, and it's like something out the Benny Hill show. Yes, and it's not the only thing you're going to say. No. No, because there's two characters going to be introduced that are basically, yeah. like, ask it from the Benny Hill show. Yeah, yeah, and for Americans who don't know Benny Hill, is just fucking YouTube. It's that 70s kind of titillating humour. Yeah. And everything's done at a kind of slightly faster speed with this crazy music over the slapsticky music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I was like, what the fuck? And I don't know if you've ever noticed this. I, this is my rewind moment. They come down, it's the, what, these uh, pull-down five escape things that they have in America, which we should have in this country, yeah. but we don't. And that's why people bump to death. Um, and... Frog boy, he's doing the bottom, pulling it down as sexy psycho Sadie and fucking Council Kurgan come running down these stairs with one of the girls over their shoulder. 
And as they get down to the bottom, Frogboy pushes it back up. But have you ever noticed that he hangs on to the rope? No. Yeah. Just so there's the shot where you see them come down and come off the ladders and he pushes it and you see him start to go up with his legs wiggling in comic fashion but then the next shot he's running to the car uh, and I, I went no I didn't see that and I rewound it and yeah he actually holds on to the rope on the way back up it's hilarious if they weren't carrying a freshly raped girl over their shoulder do you know what I mean and then when they throw her into the boot of the car, you realise that it's quite obviously like a sex doll or something. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking mind-blowing at this point. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> parents, they, we see them at home walking away sick, phoning around trying to find out what's going on, where they are and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, there's some oddly misplaced scenery shots at this point. <laughs> I don't know if this was supposed to be some arty fucking contradiction to what we've just witnessed. To me, it just made it a little, little track pad for fucking time. Probably were padding for time. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus. Now no, we get the gang driving along in the open top car. It's frog boys driving. Two rape victims in the boot. Mm-hmm. Council Kurgan and Weasel are in the back. And Sexy Psycho Sadie's sitting in Kurgan's lap. Now, I think they are supposed to be having sex at this point. Yep. I mean, I'll watch pretty much any sex in them. <laughs> Cartoon. You know what I mean? Hentai. Tentacles. Cats. <laughs> Anything. And I, I could not have went to this. <laughs> With a bag full of Viagra and a gun to my head. <laughs> oh, honestly, it's fucking lit. We get more of the Benny Hill music. We have. <laughs> if if he was inside her, oh. the whole time she was moving about, his cock is either four feet long <laughs> or detachable. <laughs> right. He's chewing away on his cigar. Fucking the, the the mad weasel is just whittering away, and is he, it, it's it's worse than the last scene. Is about all I can say about this fucking bit. And it's like, why did you decide that they would be doing it in the car? They're clearly fully closed. Yeah. Oh, I did. Fuck this film, man. <laughs> Fuck this scene and these people. In this fucking film. <laughs> How could Richard Dreyfus marry her? <laughs> Is that honestly your cum face then? <laughs> no, we are fucking done. Done and done. <laughs> I'd like to get this marriage on old. Why have you seen it? Yeah, <laughs> I, cum face. Hold on while I press play. <laughs> Boom. Would you stay married to that? No. No, Your Honour. <laughs> Arrest my case. <laughs> I just annulled. <laughs> I've written that the song that's playing over it is Wombles-esque. It does have a bit of a Wombles feel. And weirdly, and it wasn't until my second watch, I noticed that it's actually a song about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Weasel and Sadie and Junkie and Dad. Some fuck. Yeah. It's 
fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nuts. And I think on my, my... I've just got the DVD. All the Blu-rays this year were really expensive, so yeah. all my films were bought... Uh, it's just DVD copies, because mm-hmm. the DVDs were dirt cheap, and the Blu-rays were ludicrously expensive, and you had to get them for, like, Kazakhstan. <laughs> But this this DVD it's a double one, yeah. and one of the extras I think is like a little documentary thing about the scoring of this film or the yeah. soundtrack. I've not watched it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm never it. <laughs> well, actually, I might. I'd, I'd be interested to see if there's you, a good. Fucking nuts. Uh, parents have reported Mary missing. To Mary's name spelt really weird as well. Why is Mary with an I? That's Mary to me. That's Mary, yeah. Maybe they're on Americans are weird. Yeah. They're weird, the Prince thing's wrong. She's been reported missing to a fast sheriff. Uh, everybody's completely oblivious to the fact that the gang's car has broken down at the foot of their drive. It's right there. Irony on another level. Yeah. And incompetence. Yes. Which we're going to come back to quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Deputy Harry comes into the house uh, to just say I've, I've reported it all. Um, I don't know why, but he appears to be moonlighting for the Cobra Kai dojo at this point. <laughs> I know things went bad from It's possibly after the events of Karate Kid when his dojo was going to go down the tubes and he's like, going to sign up to be a sheriff, a comedy sheriff. In fairness, right, he does get his career back on track when he hooks up the car game Lacey. Oh, oh fuck. Oh. And he's quite a serious detective when he's working with them in New York. As <laughs> a look about this, what you're saying. No, Martin Coves and Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. I mean, if he's any fucking sense, he'll be finger-banging Sharon Glass into a fucking coma. I mean, she was fine in those days. I'd have done time daily. That whole mumsy thing going on. She was in quite into that. She was in um, that Corn Brothers movie recently. Cause I'd, I'd, my neck almost snapped when I was up the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Right, I've not seen it, but she was also in something else. Yeah, in like, the past couple of years that I watched them. Oh my god, that's time daily. Yeah, I, 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 I was one of those. Ones She's taking mumsy to a new level. It's kind of great grand mumsy now. Even yeah. I need to draw a line yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Still fucking do Sharon Glass. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I don't even know if she's still alive. I do not retract the previous statement. <laughs> no. I do not. Oh, uh, yeah, this police department really needs a Colombo. Like, really needs... <laughs> really, really needs a... Hey, sir, I just got one more question for... You know, they need that. That's my Colombo, it's really bad. Is that what that was? That, yeah, it kind of sounds like... kind of weirdly sounds like... <laughs> yeah. Mind-blowing. <laughs> but yeah, they really need, like, I don't know, like... A competent cop somewhere, somewhere. Yeah, I, I know they're in the middle of nowhere. The criminal seems parking car. They, they could have taken a Keystone cop and they fucking improved the efficiency of this department. <laughs> anyway, the gang have broken down at the foot of the, the drive mm-hmm. in this ultimate twist of irony. Uh, they then dragged the, the girls off into the woods for a little bit of the raping. Uh, just previously, as Mary realises basically she's outside her house, mm. uh, the cops see the broken down car, zero fucks given. 
down in the woods that the rapiness does start to kick off. Uh, they start off by telling Phyllis to piss herself. So basically, the the, the yeah. lie, you're going to do what we tell you, or I'm going to stab your wee pal. Yeah. Right. That's effective. That's quite jarring. You know what I mean? Like, right, first of all, what start off with you pissing yourself? There's something about the degradation there that, like, that there absolutely still, is. That still to this day makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Movie. It's far more hard hitting than any of the rape scenes in this. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, and, it definitely is. It's a bit like. And more arousing. Oh, for fuck's sake. This is the first little tingle at this point for me. <laughs> a bug twitch, I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just see it start to seep down the leg or something. Oh, man. That's the scene I wanted them to make. They don't. Yeah, you don't yeah. actually see it. And it's unfortunate. We do get a wee flash of bush. Yes. Uh, as the two girls are forced to get it on. Yep. Right. So that's always good. Um, Former president George W. Bush. But even at that, I've written here I could barely wank over this. I've seen barely. I mean, I did. But <laughs> it was far from the best that I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> then I've written your frog boy it interrupts this whole process with a display of galactically bad acting. Yes, yes, oh yeah. I mean, oh, it's fucking, it's supernatural how bad this guy's acting is. <laughs> Thankfully, they get it on anyway, though. So it's, it's, it's not all bad. Thankfully, yeah. Yes, Mark. Yeah. Really? Better than his acting. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. Honestly, forced lesbo rape is better than this boy's acting. There is a brief scene depicting the cops' complete ineptitude. It's the first of many in this film. Council Estate Kurgan fucks off, leaving Weasel in charge of the girls. This is a mistake. Yes, this is a mistake. Uh, Phyllis has managed to get herself fully dressed again. She runs off to distract them while letting Mary escape. She's been left with a uh, frog boy. Yeah. We get an extended chase scene. Mm-hmm. Now, the most horrific thing in this chase scene was when I realised that this guy is wearing sandals with a suit. He is actually wearing sandals with a suit, yeah. Right. The overall look, okay. it's not... <laughs> Even for the early 70s. I should know. I was about then. <laughs> Granted, I was a baby. But but more importantly, this is not suitable footwear. No, for a chase. For a woodland pursuit. No, no. No. It's idiotic. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get stones in there, bits of bark. And they could come off. You get a stick under a toenail, you're fucked. Yeah. And I do not imagine his toenails are in the best condition. No, if your name's Weasel. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to have <laughs> at least a mild fungal infection in them. Uh, Mary manages to kind of half convince Frog Boy to help her escape. And in order to do this, she gives her the peace pendant. Yes. That becomes important later on, but then she's yeah. like, I can get you a fix if you want. Because I see you're into the old heroin. My dad's a doctor. Get you some methadone. No, it's not the heroin. But it'll do. Don't know why she gave him the pendant then. Why did you just open with the substitute heroin then? Probably going to get him on board quite faster. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, you would have thought so. And maybe I'll lick your bum. Oh. You know what I mean? Lick your butthole. Frog Fro- boy? Yeah. Frog boy's not waiting for me. Well, it's either that or she's going to get something up hers. Yeah, frog Fro- boy uses one sheet. He's probably, his tongue can probably reach his own. <laughs> lick his own butthole. 
<laughs> I'm into rimming at the moment. <laughs> I'm not even drinking. Why am I telling you these things? <laughs> this is me and coffee. I will never know how creepy that was. <laughs> I'm going to train the pot to make in full on eye contact with me. <laughs> I'm in the room in There's quite an amusing scene at this point during the, the, the Red Hot Woodland Pursuit scene. Uh, there's a bit where basically Phyllis is at the other side of a river from Sadie and Weasel. She's yeah. actually giving them the finger. I quite she's, like that. It's quite she's funny. Safe. She's fine. Although minutes later they catch her. She's not safe. No. She's not fine. I don't know if there was a bridge nearby or something. A bridge over troubled waters maybe? Yeah. None. <laughs> that was quick. That was quick. Oh. <laughs> Was quick. If I had not still been thinking about rimming, I would have pissed myself there. All I can see is shiny sphincters. <laughs> None of this chase makes any sense. No. Like positionally, time wise, it's just it's this fucking bonkers. It's like the shining. There's zero the there's zero tension in it. No. Now, now they could you could have actually introduced a bit of tension to this film yeah. quite easily here. Yes. In the hands of a... Competent filmmaker. A director who... Knew what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Wes Craven, before he made this movie, made Sockwood Bond. Right. He was, a, he was a high school English teacher, weirdly enough, because he was late to the game. He was yes. in his when he made this movie. So, all the other filmmakers had been, you know, are a bit more... You know, go for the jugular all the rest. He's kind of coming in as this. He's kind of coming in, as, you know, a thirty-something teacher guy who has been moonlighting as a softcore porn director. who's going to maybe turn his hand to make something a bit grittier. Um, and the, I can tell that this is, you know, there's there's obviously he obviously knows how how to make a film, but at this point he hasn't quite established how to make a like bonafide horror movie. And that's why I think you get like weird, like when you talk about that rape scene, you were talking about weird moaning and all that. To me, it feels like a cheesy softcore porn movie. Was it possibly just canned moans from some of his previous films? More likely was. Like a lot of this movie, a lot of the stuff that you see in this movie are like weird. There's a lot of, there's a weird use of weird sound effects in this movie and weird choices of music and all the rest. Which once again, I lean back on the guy did softcore porn. That's, that's what that was his, that's his background. And Have you I've seen any of it? No, no. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think it's widely available, to be honest with you. I'd be interested to see it if anybody does have any. <laughs> Just know, throwing it out there. <laughs> so all the stuff that they played at... Baz at Teapot's... So all the stuff that they played, like, in weird, like, you know, you picked up at, like, a bloody movie shop and stuff like that, like, back in the day. One of the dodgy cinemas. I or, like, where, like, we, where we now attend fucking horror festivals. Yeah, oh yeah, well, it's not <laughs> uh, they're not doing it there again, which is good. Um, and they don't listen, which is fine. But the yeah, so a lot that I can see that as well. You're just using the aesthetical choices that you've done in your previous work. You brought over a horror, and that doesn't work. That never works. No, certainly not in this case. No, not when you're trying to build up tension in a chase scene yeah. where life and death are on the line. Yes, you're right. It doesn't work. Back to the film. Yes. Um, the cops get a report about the gang's car 
they realise it's the one that they saw. That car that was mysterious apart the side that maybe they should have checked. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Missing girl. Missing girl. Broken down car outside the house. Right outside the house. Dusted it for prints at least. Yeah. They set off in hot pursuit. And as they... Well, one of them's running, one of them is waddling out the police station, right? And, and there's a fucking great bit. He's like, ah, how long till we get there? It'll take 25 minutes. Make it 15. Yeah. At this point, Cobra Kai guy should have fucking just stopped and went, right, hold on. I realise we are in a rush. So, let's take it as red. I have factored in the fact yeah. that I may need to exceed the speed limit. Mm. Right? So we can assume that 25 minutes is the fastest I can get yeah. to this house. We're the police. We don't need to worry about speed yeah. limits. You want me to do it in 15. You want me to talk 10 minutes. It's not a fucking magic car, mate. It's the 70s. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fat fucking idiot. <laughs> I can do it in 15 minutes if your fat ass isn't the Yeah, aye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lay off the donuts, your fat shit. <laughs> Phyllis nearly makes it to the road, but Council Kurgan catches her. Yeah. Uh, and then the gang kind of surround her. Weasel stabs her while everybody watches. Uh, she kind of runs off, doesn't get very far, and Weasel stabs her to fuck. And that's the end of Foxy Phyllis. Phyllis is gone. Gone. Junior and Mary have a bit of a heart to heart. He's, he wants to help her. He's too scared of his dad. Well, fucked up in the heroin. Uh, she drags him through the woods grind because they run straight into the fucking gang. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't actually get this bit in the first watch. It wasn't until the second watch that I picked up on this. They show her her friends severed hand yes to say look we've killed your pal <laughs> the first bit of this scene is quite clearly somebody standing behind the guy mm -hmm. putting their ha live hand yeah. through his jacket yeah that's what, that's what they used to do things <laughs> but then they throw a fake severed hand onto the ground because you need to you need to make it look like well why didn't you just use that on the going through the jacket scene because it looks more real. Yeah, it also looks alive. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is fucking dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately for Mary at this point, her anguished sobs appear just to make Big Kurgan horny. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he then rapes the shit out of her again. There is something about this scene as well which like when I was younger got me and still does to this day it's the look on his face when he is finished with her oh. a, like a weird kind of guilt basically <coughs> he rapes her it's similar to the previous rape in that there's a, almost a level of sensuality about mm. it there's more inappropriate fucking sounds coming for the poor yes. lassie. I've written it's very non-graphic compared to something like I Spit on Your Grave. Yep. Which it only came out, I think, four years later. 76 I Spit on Your Grave. 70... 
Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Say four to six years later. Yeah. Now, granted, it was clearly been influenced by oh, yeah, Last House whole, on the Left. There's a, like, Last House on the Left comes out, and then there's a lineage of Rape Revenge yeah. movies that come out, which culminate, like, arguably, in the kind of pinnacle of it, which is like... That's about your yeah. yeah. So you can see why they obviously then did push the boundaries in yeah. this film. So, yeah, compared to something like that, it's barely tame to look at. Uh, after it maybe gets up, it st- sort of stumbles a short distance and then kind of throws up, supposed to be, and then starts to pray, which was oddly quite haunting, the praying bit yeah. kind of thing. That yeah, was kind of the, the whole post-rape scene's just as weird. Because um, what I've written here, because the whole gang, and it's not just Council Kurgan at this point, they have this weird, haunted, guilt, guilty look on their faces, yeah. which flies in the face of everything that's happened before, and more importantly, everything that happens after this. Yeah. The whole point to this gang is they are lawless to a level where there's no control yeah. because they don't give a fuck about it. And yet he somehow her purity was too much for them. And, and there's this glimpse of humanity. Well, you can fuck off with that. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, again... I, I, I always looked at it as if you get this little weird moment of clarity from them where it's not necessarily it's not then I don't know how to describe it it's almost as if the gravity of what has just happened sinks in just for a moment and it's like right you know like for all the evil that we've done and all the rest in this one moment here you know like there's a so there's a soberness to the characters just for a glimpse and because it's so weirdly out of tone it is to me super effective. I don't know why. It's the look on specifically Krug's face um, when he's kind of climbing off her and stuff like that, where he's he just looks. It's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's so totally out of place, and I think that's why it's effective. Me. Yeah, it's I, kind of this like. I just think it's so it's so against yeah, the characters. What the fuck, man? Yeah, it's totally, which once again, it's the tonal issues of the movie. I think it's what makes that scene stand out more than the others, because in the other ones, they're kind of, it's very clear what their agenda is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's one little moment, um, it's like, it, it, weirdly enough, when you do like a search for Last House on the Left, like movie stills or whatever, it's one of the prominent ones, because of the way the camera angle shoots up at their faces and all right. the rest. It's, you know, it's, it's strange. I, I don't know. I, I, it's one of those things that is one of maybe two scenes in the entire movie that I remembered in the, what, 15 years between watching it for the first time on a shitty V with VHS rip uh, and then seeing it when it got, for all intents and purposes, um, removed, removed yeah. from the video last in 2001. Um and then sitting back down and watching it circa 2002 and having like a very strong image of that happened in this movie. The second thing that, that stuck in my mind, we'll get to it towards the end of the movie. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's weird. You're right, it's you are right. It's bad, film, it's bad filmmaking. <clears throat> but I would argue in the bad filmmaking with the thing that doesn't make sense for the motivations of the characters... It weirdly makes it on. I don't know why. And it's like it's, it's an accidental success for me, even though it flies in the face of everything the movie's about. I actually think Mary's character, her acting in this bit is actually okay. Yep. And then she kind of stumbles into the lake. 
yeah. as if she's like trying to walk out and like drown herself or something. And I, and I did think her acting in this bit was quite good. Yeah. Kurgan then shoots her uh, and she falls into the lake. And then it's completely ruined because you actually see her trying to tread water at one point. Yeah. yeah fucking honking at that point. But that's just bad editing. Yeah. The girl obviously didn't want to drown. Yeah. <laughs> she she kicks her legs a bit to keep herself floating. It's a guy who doesn't really... Why'd you not cut yeah. that out? It's a guy who's like, just like, we'll just keep it into pad for time and all the rest. Yeah. <clears throat> it then cuts back to these fucking cops. And this... So they've broken down they've run out of gas. Yep. And a hilarious slapstick fucking so event. what happens when you speed up so fast you burn that fuel track in yeah. 15 minutes at 25? Because right? you're, you're breaking through fucking time and space. You're going that fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get this weird series of comic skits about them hitching lifts and all that. Really out of place. Should Considering, yeah. I, I think what was yeah. probably supposed to be the real punch in the gut scene that we've yeah. just had to then yeah. flip flop into this fucking weird man so, uh, was, have you ever seen uh, the original The Town of Dreary Sundown no it's exactly the same the police everything the police are in that movie and I think it predates maybe I said I think it just predates um, The Last House of the Life remember the cops they're all oh, it's goofiness and I, 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 I just I a weird portrayal of police officers. I don't understand that. It is it's fucking horrendous. Yeah. It's the big blip against this movie that I come back to all What were you thinking, Martin Cove? <laughs> um, yeah, they, they then get picked up by the fat black lady out of Tom and Jerry. Oh, no. Oh, and it, the, the racial stereotyping at this point is jail-worthy. I mean, it's not... Beyond Wes Craven to the big brain to the position where you might be a pimp. <laughs> yeah. They then check in a weird little Masonic reference, which is quite cool. I to me. This. Yeah, of course you the, the, You know how she makes the two of them sit on top of the truck? Yes. And the sheriff makes a comment to Cobra Kai about if you tell the guys in the lodge this. Oh, oh um, right, right, yeah, yeah. I hadn't equated Only that. I ever yeah, pick yeah. up on these fucking things. No, it says the Masons, there's lots of things like that in America at that mm-hmm. time. Uh, they're too heavy for a truck, she fucks off and leaves them there. Yeah, I mean, they're the police, they could commandeer a vehicle. Yeah. I mean, they have that power. Yeah, but that would be less comedic. <laughs> uh, Butch Sodomy and the Rape Dance kids are now uh, washing, <laughs> washing themselves in a river and changing their clothes. <laughs> That's my best line. Oh, I so badly want to watch a movie called Boots on me and the Rape Dance Kid. <laughs> we should oh. make that one. Oh, Send man. it on a train. <laughs> Which they hold up. There you go. Maybe it breaks uh, itself from there. Uh, they pitch up at Mary's house, not knowing that it's hers. Mm-hmm. Uh, first things first, Weasel cuts the phone lines. Spin them a whole story about a car breaking down. Which is true. Yeah. Broke down at the fucking Fruitly Drive. Uh, and in a, in a display of unbelievable levels of hospitality, they invite these complete strangers to stay. Would bacon and eggs be okay for your breakfast? I'm not sure who yeah. said, you know what I mean? Go fucking. Meanwhile, in the back of their mind, they are, you know, yeah, sick about their missing daughter. Yeah, our daughter is missing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but by all means, please stay. Uh, fucking mental. Absolutely mental. 
えフロッグボーイが行くと、ドラッグボーイが行くと、ドラッグボーイが行くと、ドラッグボーイが行くと、ドラッグボーイが行くと、ドラッグボーイが行くと、ドラッグボーイが行くと、ドラッグボーイが行くと、ドラッグボーイが行くと、でも、ヒーズ、ジュニアスローンアップ、フルムズ、ウィッドジョーズ、シュクスティヘルプン、シーズ、デペンデン。シュクスティヘルプン、シュクスティヘルプン、シュクスティヘルプン、シュクスティヘルプン、シュクスティヘルプン、シュクスティヘルプン、シュクスティヘルプン、シュクスティヘルプン、シュクスティヘルプン、シュクスティヘルプン、シュクスティヘルプン、シュクスティヘルプン、シュクス Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Run down to the river where they miraculously find her daughter's body lying there.、Um, she's not quite dead,、mm. dies in their arms. Weasel has a dream that his parents knock his teeth out with a chisel. Guilt. Clearly,、yeah. but just really clumsily done.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the dad's down in the basement <laughs> testing out some makeshift weaponry. Oh, yeah. I can hit them with this, I can hit them with that. Let me see how that works.、Mm-hmm. There's a wee bin lid, I'll use that as a shield. Because、yep. I need a shield. You actually don't.、No. What you need is the shotgun on the wall. Well, this is. That ten minutes later you go and retrieve. Now, granted, we find out later you only had one shell for it. Yeah. It's still a shotgun. Yep. So your monkey wrench and bin lid. It there, just doesn't fit. There is a. There is a. I, I don't think he's ebbing this,、uh, maybe giving him far too much credit here. But there is something not too dissimilar with Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction, with the gimp scene standing at the top and he lifts,、uh, lifts the baseball bat and then he's going to lift the two. Well, not maybe that's the name, it's all Samurai Sword. So there's a bit of that in there as well. I'm not saying that Quentin Tarantino would do it, it's certainly not. Right. He's not the brightest 
or Sharper's Tool in the Box. Neither was the script writer, it has to be said. This is written by Wes Craven, who is a English teacher. Yep. I could literally do that. I'm so super. But, I mean, I have said teacher. some dumb shit to get my whole back in the day. Back before I was a happily married man. I mean, I say dumb shit to my wife even now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm so super. Yes, never, never once slipped from my lips. And I used to get women to lick a bit of a key that I had passed out my anus. We have we have mentioned that on this show as well. We'll You know what I mean? I used that to try and get some. No, never once did I go up. I'm really super. Yes, really. I'm I'm so super. You should do me. Even just sounds stupid coming out of it. The dad, meanwhile, he's rigging the house like he's back in fucking Nam. He's having flashbacks. Right now, now, we do know that he was in the military at one yeah. point, because it gets mentioned earlier on. Yeah. But, I mean, his, his house looks like fucking Rambo's back garden. <laughs> Only with a more liberal use of shaving foam. <laughs> right? A lot of... Oh, Jesus! This film, back at the lake, right, the morning... The Ma's now convinced Weasel to get his hands tied behind his back. Yeah. Yeah, just she then bites his penis off. Which is the second thing I could remember from this movie. Now I have a few problems with this scene. <laughs> but primarily It's not the bit where she's thrashing her head about like a dog with a rubber toy. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's the fact that prior to biting his penis off, she appears to give him a dynamite beige. I need to get it. Do you know what I mean? She's got a bit of blood in there. Uh huh. But she brings him to the edge of ejaculation. Hey, listen, that is apparently very popular in Pornhub right now. <laughs> what, edging? Edging seems to be all the rage right now. Oh, I mean, I was, I was doing edging in the 90s. I do you know, know what I mean? You were ahead of the curve. Right. <laughs> but I, do, I don't do it pre-having my penis bitten off. No, that's that's where she takes it to the, the vengeance level. Yeah, well, I just think if I was giving you a vengeance beach, <laughs> I'd have chomped down before <laughs> the pre-cum was in my mouth. Do you know what I mean? This is also... Maybe I'd just do it differently, other folk. Yeah. Just leave that one hanging there. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't know why I focused this on you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird film, man. It's a weird film. Then, so after this very pleasurable beach, followed by penis biting into the yeah. water, the more then <laughs> runs down to the water's edge. And she du- she washes her mouth as opposed to spitting it out, so I think she swallowed a severed penis. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there, there, there's just 114 different things wrong with this <laughs> fucking scene. You know what I mean? You've got to figure they would have mentioned, you know, our kids missing. So you're not slightly suspicious, bearing in mind you're the ones that have killed their daughter and you're aware of this. Yeah. That this woman's just kind of hella horny and wants to take you didn't you ever to suck your penis? Different thing. Diff- possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I possibly. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I was still a fetus 
yeah. at this time. So I wasn't doing much riding at that point. <laughs> now, I know we start early and then we tend to wait till we've been born. Um, to wait till you're fully formed, yeah. <laughs> back at the house, Council Estate Krug. Council Estate Kurgan, sorry. So yeah. I'm mixing my fucking nicknames. I'm tired, I'm tired. My <laughs> caffeine and heroin hits wearing off now. He attacks the dad after falling for like every booby trap in the house. Oh yeah. It's like a shite home alone. Home alone. <laughs> you were going there. We've and he is the comedic Joe Pesci. Yeah, he is. Right. <laughs> they fight. Kurgan taunt, taunts him a bit killing his daughter and all this kind of fucking stuff. Junior pops up, takes a pot shot at his dad. Yeah. His dad then convinces him to shoot himself in the head. Yeah. As you do. Yeah, he's using the force. Despite some of the things I say in this show, I have never done heroin. This is true. Certainly never been hooked on it. No. And I never had a particularly controlling father. No. I like to think even if I had done all of those things, if he'd gone like that, blow your brains out, mm-hmm. I'd have just gone, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Put it in your mouth, blow your brains out. No. Blow your brains out! You can shout all you want. <laughs> I'm really not going to do that. I'm not. I'm not. In fact, if there is another bullet in it, I might just take a second shot at you. You? You know what I mean? But no, frog boy shoots his own fucking heat off. Thank God. That, you deserve that. An idiot. If they were given an Oscar at for best performance on an amphibian in a movie by a man, would he get the Oscar? If they were given an Oscar for best impression of an amphibian by a man pre-suicide. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Um, in the meantime in all the confusion the father has armed himself with a, a chainsaw yeah as you do we then we then get this elongated chainsaw chair fighting scene Not before so during which Krug electrocutes himself in one of the Home Alone booby traps yeah um, it wasn't the heating element on the handle it was we wired it into the mains mm-hmm. Uh, the dad goes at him with a chainsaw he uses the fucking chair to defend himself eventually thank fuck the dad kills him with a chainsaw at the same time the mother's running about outside chasing Sadie into the swimming pool Mm -hmm. then cuts her throat in the final twist of the knife the cops turn up about an hour too late of course they do having run there they burst and try to stop the dog don't do it fuck you chainsaw credits Thank God. Oh dear. Best bit in the whole film then comes up when we, we find out that the, the actor who plays the father is called Gaylord James. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. That ah, made this worthwhile. Actually made this worthwhile. Gaylord. <laughs> Sorry, I am not a homophobe, I really, really am. I do love the word Gaylord, though. It's amazing. I wish I could still use it. You can't really, though. You can't just throw that mean, about yeah. it anymore. You could, but I mean... 
Yeah, the John Wayne was called Larry, and I wouldn't call him a fucking boy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Just your ma's name. <laughs> Hillary, there's another one. And there's a few. Leslie, I don't understand the use of Leslie as a No, I was never a fan of that either. Um, don't even like Les. Yeah. Unless it comes before BN. <laughs> Unless it comes before BN porn. <laughs> uh, I still I operate under the, the tragic belief that lesbians are like the lesbians you get in porn. Yeah, I don't think they are. Yeah, no, I don't like that no, either. No, no. So, I'm fairly sure there's a couple of them lifting the, the two doors down for me. And I don't think if I happened to wander into the lovemaking they'd let me join in at all? No, I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. I don't think you should test it either. Uh, even a little bit. That's, that's, so that's the end of this film right now. I would like to talk about something. Alright. Uh, more for clarification. Okay. Because I was about three quarters of the way through this film before I remembered that you said that this is some kind of reaction to Vietnam and what the... the, the Vietnam and yeah. the... Yeah. The... the, the Thinking the American thinking of Vietnam at that fucking time, right? Yeah. So then it starts to write, well, where is this fucking coming from? About all I can come up with is that the girls and the, and the parents are supposed to be like the Vietnamese and these rampaging, lawless mm-hmm. people are the American military in Vietnam. Because obviously, uh, <clears throat> 72, I think, was coming towards... I think the war was officially declared over in 73. Because yes. I'm fairly sure it was the same year I was born. Mm-hmm. By that point, the popular opinion had turned against the war. Yep. There were reports coming out of things like the Mili Massacre. Yeah, and all yeah, these yeah. different things going on. And I began to wonder if... was Were they trying to shine... <laughs> I'm giving Wes Craven an awful giving, lot of fucking them credit far too here. much, like far, far, far too much. I wondered if he was trying to get them. Was it because they would only have a sort of sense of revulsion because this was happening to white people? Oh, right. you know what yeah, I mean, yeah. as opposed to an Asian. Yeah, but, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Is so that not, what this is about? No, or am no, I completely no. fucking you're, wrong? You're, you're, you're actually, if anything, you are giving what I imagine if I said. Oh, this is his critique of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's not as far as that. He he upped what he he thought he could get away with in a movie <coughs> as a response to what he saw on the TV from Vietnam. So basically, up until this point, when you were watching movies, it's not even an analogy. No, no. Basically, it was, and I think it comes post as well. I think he made the movie. Yeah, and then when. The sense of, well, like, we can't put this movie out. Look at this. It comes away with the news. Hey, well, thing. I think at that point, he follows up a train of thought in his head, which I don't necessarily think is wrong. Because if you, like, I recently watched, uh, when I say recently, it was a year and a bit ago, I watched the Ken Burns, like, uber long, documentary. so fucking good. Like, incredible. It's like 12 I've hours se- I've seen the, the first couple of episodes of it. It's incredible, but when you see, when the US press started to get a handle on what was happening. Mm-hmm. Well, they started showing back on TV at night, you would not see now. Yeah. And the most horrific stuff that, you know, they were going in right after the, the trips had been and that new bombing, napalm, all the rest ah. in certain areas and, and showing, like, true horror. That mm-hmm. is actual horror yeah, yeah. on screen. And Wes Craven's opinion was, 
how can you tell me that I can't have this movie play at drive-through theatres and grindhouse cinemas where people are paying to come and see this? And it's age restricted yeah, to an extent. Age restricted, and they know it is fiction. Mm. When at home you can turn your TV on and see worse images of actual real atrocities that have been carried out by Americans mm-hmm. against innocent civilians or, 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 or whatnot on the TV. How can you tell me that my movie can't, uh, is too graphic or can't be seen? And that's the kickback. So I understand the train of thought. I do understand yeah. the train of thought. I think, I mean, there'll be someone out there that has followed the same train that you have, and I, I dare say it. Wes Craven, the thing, about, the thing that I always loved about him as a speaker, he's a very dark sense of humour. Like, you ever hear any interviews with Ray Craven, there's something weirdly cynical and deeply dark behind the things that he mentions. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you'll see things and there's always a wry smile on his face when he's talking about what he made or what he was planning on doing. And it's always like, well, you know, regardless whatever I show you on the screen, man has done a whole lot worse. Yeah. And he, he, he was, that's the way he comes across it. I would love to say that there is that, on some level, a kind of haphazard, ham-fisted critique about, well, look at these Americans, like, it reminds me of that fucking idiot that made a Serbian film going like yeah. that. It's, it's not about fucking raping babies. Yeah. It's about the fucking the Balkans constantly. Like, fuck it's, it's, off, it's, it's, you idiot. You tried to make the most shocking, shocking thing you could come up with. Yeah. And then, Frick. yeah, and then you've used this in the guise of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the hope that we don't know enough about the Balkans conflict to just go, oh, well, you're fucking Serbian. You must know what you're talking yeah. about. But I think in the case of Wes Craven, I think it's a, I think it's a valid argument. Um, the censors were having fucking none of it. <laughs> the censors were like, we, we can't censor what's on. That's not our job is to censor movies. Mm-hmm. Our job is to not censor what's on the news. That's up to the TV stations. So, you know, we hear your argument, Mr. Wes Craven. However, what you have made is an ass little piece of work and we don't want people seeing it. Yeah. Um, unless you chop at huge sections. So that's where that lands in. Now that I've answered that question, though, it's probably... I get the feeling, Baz, that this movie didn't necessarily work for you. No. In Um, no way, shape, or form. (laughs) There wouldn't be a Bazoween without something kind of missing the mark. Yeah. Um, Final thoughts on the movie? Um... The three previous films that we've done have all been great films. Um, I can see the influence they've had. Mm -hmm. And then we're going right back to the early 60s with some of them. Um, The best thing I can say about this is I I see where it went to. I didn't like I Spit on Your Grave, but... It was quite a powerful film. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the content of it. And I suppose without this, you don't get films like Irreversible, which I thought was a really good film, but it's just awful to watch. But it is a very, very good film. And while I don't like rape, it it can be used very effectively in horror films. We talked about this at the start, about rape events and stuff like that. I can kind of see the influence and possibly the importance of this film 
Yeah, you don't have Texas. You definitely don't have Texas Chainsaw Massacre if you don't have Last House in the Land. Right, and like, that, that would be a fucking crime. Yes. I, I just don't think it's a good. I think it's terribly fucking dull. Mm-hmm. The script is awful. Mm-hmm. Filmmaking, the editing is shite. Um, and I just feel the, the, the tonality that we've talked yes. about. Yeah, it's a big issue. It's a big issue. You know, if you take all of the, the stupid music and, and the, the cops, those cops don't need to be running about unable to get a lift. Those cops don't need to be in the movie. They don't really. They don't add anything to the movie they, at all. They don't really. And it, it's like, the, the, again, the pardon for time type yeah. thing that we've spoken about. Yeah, there, there's just there's too many things go wrong in this yeah. film. I mean, it's an hour and 20 minutes. See, if you strip out the cop stuff and some of the scenery shots, this movie doesn't qualify to be a feature-length movie. Yeah. In time limits. So I, there, is a, there is reasons behind why he's shoving them in there, but it's for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Interestingly, actually, on my DVD, the, there's a second disc with all the extras and that, but there's another cut of this film yeah. on that called Krug & Co. Yes. And I kind of, I, last night I had done my second watch to get my notes. I was really tired towards the end. Just right, really the last 10, kind of 15 minutes. I had completed my notes, but they were a bit kind of sparse. So I, I re-watched the last 10, 15 minutes today, like the, kind of <clears throat> the final fight scene in the house. Yeah. Like, I rewatched all of that. And I was taking it out. I thought, that Krug & Co thing is about. And I stuck the other disc in. Sort of selected, you know, it's an hour and 20 long as well. Though, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not fucking watching another hour and 20 of that shit, to be quite honest. But I mean, normally, anything like a, a lost version of something just hooks me in. I'm the same with albums. Yeah. You know, I, I spent about two days scouring the internet to get the Rap Patrol from Fort Bragg, which is the original Mick Jones version of The Clash's Combat Rock. Mm-hmm. It's shit. Yeah. Some of it's unlistenable. But I love the fact that that thing is in my iPod, you know, so not anything like that, a lost, mm-hmm. a lost cut of something that's just right up my hairy fucking alley. <laughs> I, I am not going to watch that. Because the, the, the Have action, you seen it? The yeah, other I, I've seen, I think there's three cuts of this movie, and I think nice. I've seen all three, to be honest. Um, the thing is, what you know is the acting's not going to be any different. No. I, I wondered if some of the editing in that there was clearly bits cut out. Mm. You know, like the, the parents coming up with this plan. No. It's not there anywhere. No. So that, that's, that's like just if something you're, you're Because if you're pardoned for time in a movie, you don't add scenes of scenery and cut out a bit. If like you that. have some, yeah, yeah. I fear enough. The thing about it is, Wes Craven does this movie, takes the Chainsaw Massacre, comes out. And then he returns, was the year after Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Is it the same year as Texas? I think it may, it's either the same year as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the year after he does The Hills of Ice, which yeah. is his second movie, which once again creates a whole new kind of subgenre of horror, this kind of idea of, because it's basically, instead of using Hicks, like the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, does it uses kind of mutating yeah it puts that mutation side on things but for all intents and purposes that that movie is once again it's a better version of Last House in the Life it's a more refined product it's still a very grimy very not greatly acted and put together movie but it's, it's light years so he takes that time away from Last House in the Life comes back with a far more polished product 
And then he's, you know, starts doing, does his second, <laughs> I was alive, which is not a good movie. Um, even though I just bought the collector's edition, because I don't know, I will buy it. Have. Of course, you know, I will buy it. Uh, that's a movie that infamously has a, the dog has a flashback. <laughs> they actually give a dog a flashback which I mean that's Wes Craven's weird sense of humour I can yeah, imagine him yeah. giggling when he did it but you know we'll then go on and do Swamp Thing and uh, Deadly Blessed and tons of other little bits and bobs that he'll do kind of early before really just like powerhouse right through once again he's like in, he's a fucking weirdly inconsistent director yeah. who's what people sometimes are surprised but they, Creed do that movie, that's not one. Did he do Shocker? That's a terrible slasher movie. Um, I'm like, well, look at his roots. Go back to his roots. Everything you've said, I don't disagree with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand fully the importance of the movie. I'm not the biggest fan of Last House on the Left at all. And I mentioned on here, it's an unpopular opinion amongst listeners of the show who have come back and told me I'm wrong. The reason I don't like it is I think it's totally fucked. Mm-hmm. From start to finish, the movie has no consistent idea of the tone it's trying to portray. Yep. And as a result of that, it takes me out when I watch it. There are bits in the movie which haunt me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, I still, even watching it, it was, what, three, four nights ago, I, I had it on. And that bit where, where the, like I say, that kind of dawning realisation yeah, of yeah. what they've done. When I see that, every time I just feel like, oh... Like, there's something that gets under my skin and it just that scene stays with me um, but yeah uh, making a piss herself is a horrible scene as well I, I don't like that sort of thing in a movie um, you know the forced degradation of someone um, but yeah everything else in the movie I mean I understand fully its importance I understand its impact I, this like I can't begin to imagine the hysteria of people watching this movie in 72 it's just like it's unlike anything they've seen before yeah. like completely and it opens the door it opens the, the dirty CD rapey door to a ton of rape revenge movies that come in very quick succession that are right off the back of this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like I say it does culminate for the most part in you know your I mean all those fucking horrible sexploitation Nazi exploitation movies which are all full of fucking weird rape and all the rest, all the way through the 70s, do not exist without mm-hmm. Last Test from Life. Interestingly enough, when you talk about endings and how this the end of this one, there's some other fucks going on here. The reason I think The Night Train Murders is an infinitely superior movie is it doesn't have the goofiness. The goofiness is not in the movie. And it, it shows it beautifully shot. But... They really lay into this idea of the woman manipulating the guys. So the they aren't hardened criminals on the train. And the woman basically when they occupy the room with the two girls, she really starts to she's the one that pushes yeah, things. The to morning you know, like, you know, like, maybe you should do this, maybe you should do that, and you know, do this to her and all the rest. Um, and then when she when the three of them end up in the house, I'm, the movie's fucking ancient, so I'm not spoiling it, it's from 73. Um when they end up at the house with the parents, the parents start picking them off. She leans back and they're oh, they, they captured me all the rest. And mm-hmm. she basically gets away with that at the end. Oh, and right. she walks away. Yeah, and, right. But she is portrayed as a very affluent, very well-spoken woman. 
who convinces these two loving guys to do all these things for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. Imagine cheap thrills before cheap thrills. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at the end of it, because she is affluent and elegant, you would like to think that Aldo Lado has this idea of there's some sort of social commentary. I don't give him that credit. Um, but you could play it that, you know, the elites get off because they just know how to work the system. It's really, really, really interesting. It's like fucking light years ahead of its time, very transgressive um, for, for the time period. And it's why I think it's the more, it's why the movie was called The Last House of the Lake 2, because of the similar format, but it's infinitely better. It's just, like, The Last House of the Lake is a hugely important movie that doesn't necessarily mean it's a great movie. Yeah. I think that's what I lean back on. I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. I think there's a very good chance I enjoy it more than you. I use enjoy in brackets. Yeah. Um, it does still have, depending on when you saw this movie, it's one of those movies that is the, it's like Cannibal Holocaust, I Spit in Your Grave, Faces of Death. You know, these movies that, if you saw at the right time, it becomes this kind of mythical thing that just kind of stays with you as a viewer. Can I ask what the remake's like? I hate the remake. Um, and people will be always better of it. I think that the chance you probably will like the remake in terms of the special effects. As there was a weird spat of these remakes that came out post Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it was like anything like torture porn was the big thing of the day, and it was like any movie that you can take from the time period that was a Grindhouse movie make a torture it's a torture porn movie yeah cause see I, I watched the I Spit On Your Grave remake and which the follow ups to it and, and torture they porn. are very much like that I, Last House on the Left comes I want to say it came after the I Spit On Your Grave remake either came just before or just after and it's, it's exactly the same format right okay um, it's not very good I, I don't think it would be caveat by saying I go in with inherent bias Mm. I don't like it. There's a scene where I make grave, which is one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever seen in the history of cinema. No. Um, I, I don't like it. There's a very good chance if you watch it, you'll appreciate it as a modern interpretation. They, they, they stray, but not hugely away from some of the content. They modernise a lot of it. They make the vengeance a lot darker and a lot you know, more visceral because you can do things with practical effects mm. and do that. I don't think... I don't think Last House from the Left is a movie that necessarily needs a remake. No. I think it served its purpose, it did what it needed to do, it put Wes Craven on the map, it influenced a ton of movie makers to go and make their own very hard-hitting thing. And it is the movie, a lot of people credit the Texas Chainsaw Massacre as being the movie that really kills the peace, love and hippie movement. Mm. Um, I think it's Last House from the Left. I think Last House from the Left is the first inherently sobering horror movie to come out post all the kind of you know it was his baby and it's all like yeah, tripping yeah, yeah. all the rest it's the first one that's like this looks real you know it, it's, it's, it, and it isn't nowadays when you look at it but at the time this looks real it, and there's something gritty and raw about it and there's no real beauty behind the cinematography it's shot cheaply and it's meant to shock and that's exactly what it does and then it makes a lot of filmmakers go you know what I can make a movie like that and then they go and do it yeah, yeah. Um, and it sort of changes the landscape of horror completely but like I said before does not necessarily mean it's a great movie yeah um, what's your grade? Uh, 1.5 lower than I thought I thought you were going to be becoming about 2 but no, the reason, to be quite honest, the re- the only reason it's not a one is 
I do appreciate maybe not to the extent you do, yeah, but yeah. I can I get its importance. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I can appreciate the things that came from it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just I, yeah, I just think it's a shite film. <laughs> it's not what I was expecting at all either. I didn't realise it was quite as amateur Oh, yeah. You know, I, I didn't really realise yeah. that because everything I've seen Nick Ravens has been fairly... Now, you imagine <clears throat> existing in a time period where you have a small shop and VHS has just started to become prominent and uh, you can buy these titles really quickly and set up your own kind of makeshift mum and pops on it. Uh, video distribution um, and you get arrested for people having this movie yeah. and that's that's the to me that's the, the scan, one of the big scandals of the video nasty it's not only that people are being restricted on what they watch which I don't think they should be I think it's up to you you make the decision there's there's a reason there's warnings and certification on yeah. things if you choose to get well it's your fault but at the same time the fact that anyone could be arrested for Holding a copy of this is just fucking mind-blowing. Yeah. And people did time for this movie, so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, again, it's what it's like a lot of these ones. Uh, I'm glad I've seen it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of one to have in the, the arsenal, if you like, mm-hmm. when you're talking about horror films. Yeah. Um, and it obviously is very influential, but yeah, so it's not one I would go back to. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Right. Uh, we only have one more movie left in this series. Yep. And it's the one it, I've been looking forward to the most, actually. It's in my top ten horror movies of all time. Fucking love it. Uh, and we're, we're going to get a chance to talk about a movie that I recently did on In Reverence this year. Uh, sadly and tragically on the back of the death of uh, Nicholas Roche, uh, the director who had a fucking incredible career. Man. This guy directed like the shit out of everything. But that will be our final one. Uh, but we're going to take a short break. Are you going to tell the folk what it's called? It's totally now. <laughs> I'm so excited, I'm so excited if you do not like this movie. I know I say this a lot. I said it was Suspiria. I think you like Suspiria, which makes me think if you like Suspiria, you're going to really like Lonely Now. I think there's no way you're not. Um, It's just too fucking good a movie. And I think there might be inroads with grief in it that I think might work for you in a way which worked for me weirdly before I was even a parent. It's fucking nuts. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to discussing it. We are going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're closing at the show we're doing right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. to the podcast under the stairs. Ladies and gents, this has been Bazoween 2019 episode number four. The Baz has taken on Last House on the Left. And uh, yeah, put it in this place I would like to say. Baz, one movie left. How are we feeling? I'm feeling alright. Um, I'm a bit... <sighs> this one kind of derailed me a bit and uh, I was really digging the films this year. Yeah. Um, and this one, not at all. And like I say, when I was going back through the text, it wasn't me that suggested this one, so fuck me. <laughs> um, but I am I'm very excited about the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I think the next one was one that was on my initial list right from the start. Yes, it was. And never came off it. Yep. Um, this is the one that I actually ended up pivoting 
That's right, aye, that's right. Um, and I think probably a big part of it, it's been sitting in my house for a long time because you gave me it ages ago. Yeah, that's and right. And then I've just never got around to watching it and I thought, no, it'd be a good one for this. So I'm very excited for the next one, but the last house in the life can go fuck itself. <laughs> <laughs> There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts on this. There's always to say check us out on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the feed, leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to support us on that platform. You can check us out at Stitcher, Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn and Spotify. You can visit our website by going to teapotscast.com and buy merch from teapotscast.bigcartel.com. It's posters and pins and that money comes back and helps us do what we do under the stairs. You can check us out on Facebook if you want to join the group page, chat with other listeners about the show and horror movies. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash keepbutscast. Alternatively, if you only want to know when the shows are dropping and are keen to check out a live stream like a Thursday Thursday, you can do that by going to facebook.com forward slash keepbutscast. Thursday Thursdays are coming back, peeps, probably after the 31 of October because I'm live streaming every night with that. So it will be coming back. I'm very much looking forward to bringing them back in my new pad with my new internet connections everything will look peachy and rosy um, so yeah that'll be coming back you can interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sites it's Instagram and Twitter Baz where can you check us out on that? Uh, on both of those apps you can get us on at tputzcast nice nice also check us out in the Flick Chat app it's free and available on iOS and Android uh, the join code is tputzcast it's um, social media for podcasts and listeners message board style so you can interact with us and listen to the show directly through the app which is kind of cool and there is exciting stuff um, which will be coming out in or around this episode dropping uh, specifically to do with flick chat and an official podcast thing that I'm doing Chronicle Season 3 which will be exclusive on that app um, and there'll be more information probably the week this episode drops so one of the later episodes I'm doing these shows like well in advance of them coming out, so I can't even tell you what's going to be on the agenda for the rest of the week. But keep tuned and uh, you, you will find out what the, the details are around that anyway. It's very fun, it's quirky and it's weird and it's different. And uh, something I've not done before, so it'll be fun. Um, right, Baz, I don't know about you, but we have talked a lot. It is late. That coffee wore off a while ago. It is late as fuck and I still need to drive 400 miles back to Grangemouth. Once again, not that far. Not that far. It's, 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 not, it's not that far. It's not that far. It's 15 minutes in the car. It's not that bad. Uh, but yeah, Baz, at this point, would you like to say goodbye to us? I would. Uh, thanks for tuning in again, folks. Uh, I hope you weren't too appalled by the things I've said or the oh. things that were in this film. Oh. Um, and I will see you all next week for a film that I might actually enjoy. You will enjoy, and that's how confident I am. From myself, all I'd say is please take care of yourselves out there. Hopefully you're having a fantastic October. We're having a ball. Yeah, it's been, it's been quite it's a month. Fucking, I, I absolutely love doing this, and uh, for moments like this, even, <laughs> even movies that land horribly wrong, uh, still great conversations, two hour plus episodes, Jesus Christ. Uh, please take care of yourselves out there, wherever you are and whatever you're up to in this big, bad world of ours. This is Duncan Cleese broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.
Your heart still beating